0: Outspoken
2: with White and Jordan. 100% engagement.
0: It's a total
2: disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon
3: Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
2: Hi, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, Danny Murphy joined myself and Simon. We react to Manchester City and Real Madrid drawing one-all in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final. And we hear from the City fans who are confident that they will still reach the final. Plus, we discuss UEFA's new coefficient distribution model for European competition and ask whether it means the richest clubs will now get richer. Simon, I don't know where Jamie O'Hara's head was last night. I heard him say last night in TalkSport, he found uh, the latter stages of Real Madrid, Manchester City, boring. Couldn't be bothered with it. Boring. I found it in Tet.
3: I thought it was unmissable. It, it, it was so intense don't you gain some solace you must gain some solace not being able to relate to Jamie O'Hara well there is that <laughs> there, there is that I mean did you know I, f- I found it intense I couldn't take my eyes off it no to some extent I do I, I do take some of what Jamie's saying because the blood and thunder that goes with the Premier League which we've seen recently over the last over the last three or four days with the goals that we've seen at Nottingham Forest the goals that we've seen between Leicester and Fulham and obviously Everton's performance it's blood and thunder it's do or die mentality yeah. whereas this is a bit more sophisticated this is a bit more of a level where you've got to appreciate... It's like watching a beautiful boxer rather than a slugger. This is a, a scenario where you're watching two of the best teams in the world with some of the best technicians on display that are killing you with kindness in terms of the beauty that you're watching a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean, Daddy, you played. What did you make of it? Really high quality from a defensive point of
1: view, from a possession point of view, technical, all the things Simon just said. I think what Jamie's missing, and, and, and I understand the comparison of what we normally watch, but... In the latter stages of a first leg game, last 10 or 15 minutes, and you've, got, you've both worked really hard and you're in, you've got a draw, there is a kind of reluctance to go all out to try and get a win and end up losing, mm. especially in a first leg. Sure. So that, that's the big thing. In the, uh, and in the end of most first legs that are equal, you very rarely see one team going all out to try and gain an advantage because you can end up losing it. Sure. So I think that, that was part of the reason. But overall the quality of so many aspects of play from both sides I don't just mean the obvious stuff the goals the technical ability I'm talking about the concentration levels the, the communication the covering of each other the amount of work that went on that pitch defensively from both sides it was yeah. so well organised I
2: mean Madrid woke up to headlines yesterday
1: Danny before
2: the game Erling Haaland monster now I don't know if you've seen it online it's doing the rounds at the moment how Rudiger uh, combated Harland last night, literally living in his in his shadow. He was literally all over him. And it was all legal. It was it, it was all above board. But I think he showed us a way, Simon, that's maybe the way that some defenders here should try and cope with Erling Haaland. Just try and dominate him. Just do not leave his space.
1: He's a tremendous player, Rudiger. Very, very athletic, very clever. Mm. He was very fortunate in some ways. That's not taken away from his ability in the job he did in that the way Real Madrid set up to try and combat City was to drop off and let them have the ball for large parts of the game. Yeah. So there's no space behind him to to have a race, first and foremost. He had plenty of bodies in front of him, so when it did go into his feet, he could have a little nibble and there's always people coming to get the ball off his feet, helping him. He didn't get isolated very often because of the quality around him. But saying that, nevertheless, to actually be as uh, concentrated for that... I mean, the, the, the main part of his job I thought which he did really well was not the rough and tough it's when the ball goes wide or in those areas where De Bruyne is just outside the box and he's looking to clip balls in the crosses or the through balls and he never left him you know, I think only once maybe he got. Did he get a header at the back post? Might have been offside, I think, yep, in the first yep, half. Yeah. And he got one in, on the inside left, a shot from an acute angle, which you'd expect the keeper to save.
2: Yeah. So it's finally poised, Danny. We'll get to that in a second. A quick look at the second leg in a second, how we see it shaping up. This was Pep post-match. A really tight game. Congratulations, of course, to the team because this is scenario. This competition against this team is always so difficult for the history, but especially for the quality they have. We started really well the game, uh, and when we were better they make an incredible transition for Camavinga and an incredible finishing for Vinicius, and when they were better than us in the second half, we scored a goal. So it was a tight game. He's open to, to Manchester, There like will be a final, uh, playing at home with our people and looking forward for it. I can't make up my mind, Simon, who's got the edge
3: going into the second leg? I think slightly slightly marginally Manchester City because they're playing at home. I do think they are a better side than Real Madrid, but I do think Real Madrid are steeped in such depth of understanding of how to win these sort of games. And there was an article written, I think it was by Sam Wallace in one of the press, talking about you saw every permutation of a football team from Madrid dominating the game to to, to being dominated themselves, to being physical, um, you know, and every aspect of a game that 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 they can compete in to be able to overcome the obstacles... Look, I think it's a very, I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's not me sitting on the fence. No. I wouldn't be surprised either way. 1 0 is not an ideal scenario. Even 1 0 to Madrid wouldn't have been an ideal scenario. I picked Madrid to win the game 2 1 yesterday. You picked it as a draw, didn't you? You didn't think they'd lose. I didn't think they'd lose. Um, and I think that it's 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 nip and tuck. Yeah. I mean, if Man City go 1 0 up uh, in that game and Madrid starts to have to chase the game, then Haaland will become more of a feature mm. because they'll have to play half the field and Rudiger won't have the opportunity to do what he did in the first game because there'll be space in behind. But all of that is if and or buts. What it does mean is that you're going to see a really, really fascinating game, and it, and I think it's as much about how how Man City want to approach it as a, as a, as as what Madrid can do in a game. I I think the balance of probabilities in favour of Manchester yeah. City.
2: I mean, Danny Rio Ferdinand said last night, you play Real Madrid, you're playing history. You're playing against history. Is that in the players' minds?
3: No, I think
1: I think more more in the mind would be last season where they thought they had the game done. Yeah. That might creep in in the second leg, but City haven't lost a Champions League game at home for five years. Mm. You know they've got every they should have every belief in themselves that they can go and win the game. But I, I agree with Simon that that first goal is hugely relevant in the second leg because Madrid don't want to have to chase against City. That that will cause them. But that could that could be any score then. Yeah. If if City, if Madrid can score first, then you've got have got a problem. City got a problem because Madrid can drop off. We mentioned
2: candidate. yesterday, Danny, that Wayne Rooney said over the weekend in this uh, newspaper column that Manchester City would, quote, blow Real Madrid away. Nobody blows Real Madrid away, do no, they? No, no. With all due respect to Wayne, who knows, knows a hell of a lot more about football than I me. I think
1: on, a, on the odd occasion, any any of the top teams in the world can blow anyone away if they're at it and the other team have a bad day. But sure, generally, sure. if you play... If Real Madrid, Man City played ten times, nine out of ten, they're going to be super tight games. Because you are talking about the cream of the crop. Yeah. You're talking about elite players, elite mindsets, people who... People who rise to the occasion when the players... So, all those players, when they turn up in the pitch... So, when you look at Real Madrid's form this season in La Liga, struggled, you know, you know, they lost to them and they lost to them. Those players, when they see Man City, they know about all the players. They know how good they are. They know they've got to be at it. Rudiger, yeah. Rudiger doesn't always play that well. Carver Howe's not always at it like that. You know, the the level of performance... Vinicius Junior was a man possessed. Mm. 'Cause he was up against Carl Walker. The mm-hmm. health Carl Walker was like a he was at it. Great matchup. It was a brilliant mm-hmm. matchup. Great respect at, between the two of them as well. But that's because they know how
3: good they are. Yeah. He, they're playing against the best. I think I think he's a fabulous player, Carl Walker. I really oh, do. I think tremendous. he's a fabulous player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets the credit that he should get. I think we 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 pass on observations about him, and sometimes the off field stuff has taken precedence. But I think he's a I think he's a fabulous fullback. Absolutely fabulous. He's the best, he's the best defensive
1: one-on-one fullback in the world, bar none. Yeah, yeah. Bar
2: none. I loved it, Danny, the other night. I spoke to him at the Etihad after they beat Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. And he said, you know, that's fine, that's all right, but we've got to beat Fulham now. I said, yeah, yeah, I know, but that's at the weekend. No, 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 no. It means nothing if we go to Fulham and we don't get three points. I mean, the minds were already on
3: it. So Having it said be. that,
2: Simon, real, this is the same Real Madrid that went to Anfield and scored five. Yeah, but that's that's
3: against Liverpool side that have been out of sorts for for a proportion of the season. The famous
2: it's, Anfield atmosphere. Yeah,
3: I know, but Liverpool were beaten quite. I've been quite beaten quite a few times at Anfield this season. So we'd, we'd, that was we'd, a unique gals there. That was a really strange. Yeah. So we moved past that, but no serious observer really took much notice of what Wayne Rooney said about they're going to blow Madrid away because that was a Machiavelli piece it was a Man United player talking about Man City being on the cusp of a treble and getting everybody at it because it wasn't a parallel universe yeah. where Man City were going to no. now if they go and get the first goal against Madrid in the leg at uh, the Etihad and Madrid have to come out like we yeah, discussed oh there may be but not over, you know. But not going to the Bernabeu and and running riot there. That was never going to happen. So, yeah. So I don't think many many people or serious football observers took that as anything rather significant or sure. or, or, or insignificant. More well, to the point. I'll
2: put it out there to Manchester City fans this morning. I mean, who has the edge going into the second leg at the Etihad? Do you feel good about it? You feel good about a final coming up and that you will be in it? Welcome to the Coliseum of confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk Sport. Danny is alongside uh, Simon and myself this morning. Who has the edge going into the second leg though at the Etihad? Anthony, big Manchester City fan. He's been waiting patiently. Anthony, good morning. Where's your head with this this morning? Morning, Jim. Morning, Danny. Morning, Simon. Morning. Morning, mate. Good to have you on. So what do you think?
4: Right, so last season I was just saying to your producer, Ben or whoever he is, uh, last season we had 4-2 and we had the upper edge on them in the first leg at the Etihad. Cal Walker was unstoppable as always. Then we went to the second leg at the um Pep made some changes and took Cal Walker off and we were still winning the legs at that time. As soon as he made the changes, took Cal Walker off and uh Cole Palmer came on a few others. We lost the game. Yeah,
1: he got he got injured. He didn't take him off technically, he got injured. I remember what you're talking about. I remember oh. the game, he come off injured. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that I remember that right now. But, I, but all I remember is Cal Walker coming off and it was like a it was a big massive thing. Everything else in that, that after that or well, before that point, it was, you sort of forget about it until you remember Carl Walker came off. Mm, but okay. As long as Kyle Walker stays there and he keeps him on, we've, we've got this in the bag. I think. Well, Anthony, so would you I leave? Need, would go you? On Danny, go would on. you
1: leave Carl Walker out against Everton then at the weekend just to make sure he's right oh. for Vinicius next week? <laughs>
4: no, I, I, would, I, would, I would. I would bring Rico Lewis back on.
1: I would, yeah.
2: I would. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. It's a big hurdle, Anthony. Do they overcome it? Do they get to this final? Yeah,
4: we've got our thing with done. We've got the second leg at home. Yeah, we've got it.
2: All right, Anthony, listen, thank you for that. Carry on with your drive. Obviously, it was hands-free, but we could hear him. Uh, interestingly, Danny Barcelona, have just confirmed that uh, Sergio Busquets is set to leave the club at the end of the season. It's over for him there. I think I, I'm I think right in saying.
1: 34. Someone will tell me if I'm not. I think he's the most decorated footballer ever, isn't he? Is he really? I think he's there. I think it's him. Yeah, three Champions Leagues, uh, eight La Ligas. World Cup, two European Championships, or two World Cups. Is it one World Cup, two European Championships, or the other way around? It's an incredible, incredible career. You're right. Three FIFA Club World Cups. You're right. It goes on and on. It's a joke. You, when you actually break it down to what this guy's won. Yeah. Because people never talk about him when they talk about Iniesta and Xavi. They very rarely mention Busquets. But throughout the decade of their dominance, he was the third. Musketeer, if you like. Yes, if people don't. He's the one that gets the least plaudits out of the three. What do you think? Does he come here, or
2: is it the desert? All roads lead to Saudi.
1: <sighs> yeah, probably. I don't think it is. Now, I mean, he's never been the most physical anyway. He's not an athletic footballer. He's a he's a super intelligent technician. Yeah, I think coming to the Premier League that would be hard work for him.
2: I mean, one of, one of these clubs, I think it's uh, Al Hilal, is it? They're talking about teaming up Messi with Busquets and Jordi Alba. So, I mean, all of a sudden, it's started, hasn't the
1: movement has started out to that part of the world, Danny? Well, as long as he's got his mortgage payments covered, he'll be all right. (laughs) He can go go out there with peace of mind. Then You would think
2: he's okay in that area. (laughs) Uh, Jack is a big Manchester City fan. Jack, good morning. Who's got the edge going into the second leg at the Etihad then, Jack?
0: Morning, guys. How are you doing? All right? Good morning. good. Good to have you on. Good, good, good. First time caller, by the way, so uh, go easy on me. No, you're doing
1: well already. Nice positive, <laughs> upbeat attitude.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I mean, in terms of the first leg, um, I'm happy with that result. Um, we could have quite easily been one or 2 nil down. You know what, Real Madrid are going to burn about and stop a at times. In my mind, the first leg going there was always about damage limitation. So, you know, concede one, go in with a draw, and then, you know, use the home advantage. Yeah, we had what 850 fans there yesterday. Um, 1800. Um, 18 of it's, it's crazy compared to the uh, the numbers of the the home fans had. So to take that with with the Etihad effect, if you like. I, I'm I'm confident we can. You know, it's, it's it's all down to the first goal though. Whoever gets the first goal. Do, do, would, you like spot, Mahrez, would you like to see Mares?
1: Would you like to see Mares play on the right instead of Bernardo Silva? And the reason I say that, although Bernardo Silva's a wonderful talent and we know what a brilliant footballer he is, and, and yeah. defensively you know he's brilliant as well, he's played midfield a lot the last couple of years, you know, but Camavinga, yeah. who's a super talent, he's a midfielder playing at left back, and I'd like to see yeah. Mark see how he coped with Mares in the home game. Rather, because Bernardo Silva doesn't go past people quite the same way. He's, he's clever and he gets past people with his little intricate triangles and stuff. But Mares has got that, you know, the chop and the ability to score. I mean, he was top scorer last season, I think, I'm right in would, saying. Would Mahrez.
0: you be having that as well, Jay? Yeah? I would. Mares has that flair, um, similar to what you were talking about. It's his, his first touch on the ball. It's a work of art. Um, and it is just... It's, Footwork with the ball, we—I think he would have run circles around Camavinga yesterday. Yeah. Well, I think um, he played
1: Bernardo there because yesterday he thought that Madrid might have a little bit more of the game, and Camavinga likes to fly forward. But in actually, yeah. the reality was that he got done when he was the he one did. that he did the one-two before they got the goal, wasn't it? When he beat, he, he got past Bernardo Silva. But I think at home, Mares gives you more of a goal threat than Silva.
2: Yeah. Jackie, in the I final, think, do you get to the final? mate?
0: I think this year we've got as. Fairer chance as we've had any other year. Uh, we've got we've got that tooth and nail in the attack that we've been missing every other year. Yeah. Uh, we've having you know options like Harland and Alvarez. It depending on how the game goes and even give him a run. Stick him beyond Harland. See how see how Alvarez gets on.
2: Okay, Jack. First time caller or not? You did well. Thank you so much for that. Here's Mike. Uh, Mike. Good morning, big city fan. What's well, your taking it, Mike? It's finely balanced, but we probably thought it would be.
4: Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think City hold the balance, but I think it has a bigger. Chance now, if the referee had done his job and booked Daniel Carvajal and uh, and Tony Cruz for the uh, assaults that they were doing throughout the game, um, and the, but the way City play, I can't see any team stopping them uh, uh, to the Etihad anyway. So uh, it's all all, uh, all roads lead to Istanbul, I think.
2: Wow, you think they get the job done there, Mike? Thanks very much indeed. It is perfectly balanced, Simon, isn't mm. it? Perfectly poised, yep. and if Manchester City, if Manchester City do show it on the night and Get to that final, then yeah, I would think they will now win it. If they get to the
3: final, they'll win it, but this is the hurdle. You'd think either, get,
1: either going through would win it,
3: wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you, I agree. You'd think so in the balance of probability, but they've got a very worthy adversary in Real Madrid, mm. and this game um, is on a knife edge because Madrid are as capable of, uh, of upsetting the Apple cart at the end. They're not going to be bothered about the SEO, they're not going to be. They, these players are playing no, no. the biggest games around the world, they're not going to give a monkey's yeah. about the Etihad and the fans that turn their back on one the Champions of, League every five minutes. One of
1: the big things is when you draw a game 1-1 one, one, and City are so good at home, it, it, maybe it might not change the way to go out, but I, I think it will a little bit. You're going to start the game with a little bit of respect and caution for Real Madrid, of course. If you if they were a goal down, City would have just gone hell for leather. Mm. And I think it changed the dynamic of it when it's true. There's that respect there. 1-1, one, one, I think it will be cagey at the beginning. Yeah, quite a few people have picked up in the conversation we had with Kyle Walker. I mean, he's extraordinarily good, isn't he? He's the best in the world at defending one-on-one, bar none. Nobody, anyone can call up and give me... nobody. I've never seen anybody cope with Neymar when he played PSG twice. Mbappe did it recently in the World Cup and this guy walking to the end of his career, he's done it to Mbappe before. Uh, Vinicius, he copes with him. The only time Vinicius played well, but he he scored his goal from central when he went into central. Kyle had to let him go. He can't follow a man all over the pitch, but his one-on-one duels with him, mm. no problem. Best by far in that position. I can't think of anyone no. who can cope with one-on-one defending like Kyle Walker.
3: Yeah. That's oh, extraordinary. I agree. Yeah. I think I don't, I mean, He doesn't seem to, I mean, at this stage in his career, he doesn't seem to have lost a single inch in his pace. And yeah. also,
1: you could argue at this stage in his career, he's more confident in his own mm, ability than, than he's than ever where. been. 100% engagement. Outspoken with
2: White and Jordan.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
2: Simon, it would appear in the Champions League, the rich are very rich. And they're about to get richer. The new Champions League format beginning next year will deliver a 33% rise in TV money per season. 4.8 billion euros for UEFA across all European competitions. The Champions League money will be split between 36 clubs instead of 32. But it's going to mean a bigger payday with some of the clubs earning an extra £30 million plus a season. Do you give that the thumbs up, Simon? But in the way it's done,
3: in that the rich will get richer? Well, You characterise it as the rich get richer, or Mm. the best get the best. You know, the very best get the best outcomes. That's how the world works. Now, the part I don't like about it is the coefficiency ideal, which is basically a legacy payment, which is very similar, ironically, to the construct of the European Super League. The European Super League was based upon those that have achieved things in the past get put into a position where the door closes up behind them and they get all the benefits of it. So the teams that have had a good track record in the Champions League over the years... Get a coefficiency payment, which is based upon how much media attention gets paid to them, how many times they've been in the tournament, and so on and so forth. And on one side of the argument, you can understand that. On the other side, don't we define everything by meritocracy in that moment, not meritocracy from the past? because the European Super League was based upon an argument around lack of meritocracy. Yeah, but what you have so, done is a pass is bound to count for something, no, well, is it? Or should it? Because are we talking about individual tournaments being judged upon their merit? If you if you won the FA Cup in in 1975, does that mean you should get more money for winning the FA Cup in 2023? No, so what you're presence? saying what
1: you're saying in effect, and I agree with you, about it, what you're saying is that there could be possibly a team, say for example, Liverpool, not in the Champions League, getting now with this new ruling or the new format, getting money. Because of what they've done in the past.
3: No, what it means is you get a higher distribution when you're in the Champions League. So ultimately, when you look, when you're when you're Newcastle United, you're in the Champions League, you're going to get the lowest ranking because the it's your first time. You got first time. because actually you're new to it. Because you're new to but it. But is that not right? Well, is it ever presence
2: like Manchester City? Britain, no, that, that, that's completely wrong. Should get the bigger
3: share of the pot. But no. then th- think about it. No, every right. every, t- every 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 season, the tournament starts afresh. Right? Those that have qualified are those that have qualified. Now, I understand the argument, but you've got to be clear in the fact that this was the same argument that was advanced about the European Super League, which is forget what's currently happening. We're the brand values. We're the guys that have built this tournament. So ultimately, we've got a legacy outlook. We get paid for what we've done in the past. Now, that's not really real-time meritocracy. That's historic legacies that go to the idea that dynasties like, you know, the, the vested interest of those, the, the cartel of the established football clubs, will never be broken by that logic. That's but what they've got to recognise whatever presents like Manchester
2: City have done. Under this new system, Manchester no. City would get about £28 million yes. in coefficient funding. If Newcastle get into it, and it looks as though they, they yeah. might they were down between 1 million and 3 million. And the reason because they're
3: for, totally new to and it. The, and fine, but is the tournament-based... I mean, OK, we're only talking about, about 600 million out of 4.8 billion. So we're talking about one-eighth. We're talking about 12.5% of the payments being distributed in a mechanism that's not based upon merit. It's based upon historical merits, yeah. You're either in a tournament where the slate, the slate gets wiped clean at the beginning of the season and everybody goes in on the same footing and everybody gets paid on the basis of being in this unique tournament. Because it's laughable it's not the Champions League it's a team made up of everybody else that isn't a champion so it's already been misrepresented you've already had
1: the benefits haven't you you've already as a club had the benefits by being in the Champions League for that period of time and having your success whether it be through the gates whether it be through the TV money the extra prize money but
3: in commercial terms what's the right way Simon what's the fair way Well, just a straightforward distribution but I also understand the argument because ultimately there is no doubt. Let's be clear. The reasons why this is at three point three billion gone to four point eight billion is because the broadcast revenues are being generated around the European competitions as a result of all the advertisers is because Real Madrid. Real Madrid are doing it. Mm. Liverpool are in it. Manchester United doing it. Well, not this next season and but May City. Point. And that adds the value. But then then you've got the system where you say Well, meritocracy is aided and abetted by historical achievements. Now, we should be lauding and applauding these teams and and recognising their achievements. But the very nature of qualifying each year to the tournament, like Danny says, you get that kicker of being into the Champions League. You get the deeper you go in the tournament, the more money you get. And, of course, you're now looking at a stage now where once upon a time, there's more games being played, by the way, as well, but once upon a time, 13 games in a Champions League got you about 120 million quid to win it. 38 games in the Premier League got you about 160, 170 million. Now you're going to be at a stage now where you're going to play half the amount of games if you win the Champions League and you're going to earn more money playing in the Champions League than you're going to earn from your own domestic league and winning it. Really? That's where the jeopardy of European Super Leagues comes again. Well, all that does is creates more of a
1: priority for, for the managers playing in the Champions League, doesn't it? But also it's
3: about distribution exactly. down. Yes, yes, it does. It's also about distributions down. and it, you, you Also, we must remember that they're going to kick more money down into the European uh, Europa League, more money into the Europa League, and also there is a side benefit that a proportion of this money does find itself into the pyramid. So the other Premier League clubs do get some of this money... Allocated into their into their leagues but of any significant proportion. I mean, well, what it does
2: suggest to me, Simon, is that the elites in England, like Manchester City, who have been ever present, yeah, they get they. There's going to be more distance between the likes of Villa, Brighton, and Fulham who are knocking on the door.
3: Of that, there's no doubt. What well, is there? I mean, ultimately, it's so a twelve. Financially, and, there will be. twelve and a half. Well, first of all, the best should get the best. Let's have that right. Yes. Right. So we're talking about twelve and a half percent of the distribution. So the other eighty-seven and a half percent is paid on performance. Yeah. Being, so in it, it, being in so it but that goes against the argument you just had the best should get the best well of course the best should get the most yeah of course but, but that's but, what that's what the, they're going to the do best, but you're really against but that but the best should get the best by being the best in that tournament so the deeper you go in you go through the group stages you get to the 16s you get to the 8s you get to the four, and you get to the final That's defined merit not drag and tag legacy effects of the fact that you did well in previous years. So 12.5% being distributed on that basis supports the argument of the characterization that you're advancing, which is the rich get richer. I can understand that because in a commercial world that I come from, I get it, the best of the best. These are the guys that drag the eyes on the prize. These are the guys that MasterCard or FedEx or the betting companies want to spend big bucks with and it then gets distributed through the broadcast revenues to everybody. But 12.5% gets gets carved out and said, well, you guys are the reasons why, really. Now, that be- flies in the face of meritocracy but it does establish the best get the best. But yesterday you said Brighton have hit a ceiling. Oh, I think they do. I think they have. Yeah. So oh, this is bad news for them, not, isn't but it? For different reasons. I think Brighton have hit a ceiling because they're going to be pillaged by everybody else in terms of they're not going to be able to keep their players because everybody else that's got some legacy about them, which would be the Man Uniteds, the Liverpools, uh, the Arsenal's, perhaps even the Chelsea's now, even though their legacy slightly tarnished over the last twelve months, will have the ability to go to Brighton. Thank you very much. And their players will go. Well, I've loved my time here. Thank you for developing me. The club will get eighty million quid, and the player will be gone. And no, that no, that'll happen no matter what happens. <laughs> but that's this. why I say they've hit the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be remarkably difficult. Look at Southampton. Southampton once upon a time were one of the poster boys. Look at the players that everyone pillaged, that everyone took from Southampton. From from, oh, uh, from yeah, Oxlade yeah. Chamberlain yeah. to Gareth Bale to Theo Walcott yep. to, to Lalana yeah. to Virgil van Dijk to yeah. Sadio Mani. The moment they get a good player on the side, there he stays for gone. a period of time. Gone. But if they hit a
2: ceiling, though, Simon. Under this under this new format. There is going to be even more
1: distance between the elite and the likes of Brighton. Well, no, because what Full you're on. talking about is if, if you're already
3: one of the big boys getting in the Champions League and you get an extra 30
1: million quid, you're talking about a squad player. You are.
3: And you're also talking about, underneath all that, you're talking about ca- starts, uh, capping coming in at 90 and 70%, starts to control people's spend against their yeah. wages and, and, tra- and transfer spend against their turnover. Now, if your turnover is bigger, of course, you'll have a bigger ability to do that. But it all does attend to be a premium that the, the big clubs pay. So if you're going to go and say, I'll go and buy you from Brighton for 80 million quid, and you're on at 60 grand a week at Brighton, you ain't on 60 grand a week at Manchester City, you're on 120 grand a week. So for your yin, there's a yang. Hmm. The salaries will go up. So then you'll find it starts to find a little bit of a level, but you are right. Ultimately, oh, the money, you. the cream will hit the surface. Well, this because, is it. Because that's the nature of the beast. But isn't it in every walk of life that? Arsenal Ar- 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 no failed with 70 million for Carcedo. Yeah.
2: Now, more money going to the likes of Arsenal or City if they were interested in them. Oh, right, we can now up that we'll give it 90 and we'll get them this time but then and brighton would have to say but then sell. you have to
3: but we have to be right it's consistently and persistently and insistently very good and very diligent. So every time you go and recruit players, every time you use data evaluation to be able to go and buy and and, and trade players, every time you make a managerial decision, you don't do it on the back of a fag packet on the back of reputations. You do it on understanding exactly why you're doing it. Because now we've got football starting to mature into an industry that does things not on the back of reputations, does things not on the back of someone's, hey, I'll tell you who's good, the mentality of really drilling down on it. Yeah. And that's where the gap can be slightly bridged by the Brightons and the other teams that are not going to have the same financial you know, fleet of footness that the bigger clubs will have because they've got more dough.
2: You're in farm this morning, aren't you? Oh, have know. you ever done it's a plan on the back of a uh,
3: <laughs> on the back of a fag
2: packet? Too have, many times. Have you ever planned anything on the back of it? A- yeah, my he media planned, career. He planned his my love, planned <laughs> his love <laughs> life on the back of it
3: of confrontation.
2: Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more